0: to see everybody today. I'm glad we could be together today for church, and I especially want to welcome you if you are here for the first time. My name is John. I'm lead pastor of Center Point Church, and I'm glad you're our guest. We're about life-changing connections, and sometimes life-changing connections happen in person. Sometimes life-changing connections happen in a chat area, in a comment section, and so if you're joining us online, make sure to say hey to somebody else who's uh, in that chat area with you. Let somebody know that you were here today. Even just saying hi in the comments would be awesome. I love looking back after service and saying, who was with us? And uh, those of you who are in person, I get to see. And those of you who are in the comments, I get to see later by looking at uh, your comments in the feed. So let let us know. Uh, So I want to just share a scripture with you right out of the gate. Galatians 5.16. It says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. And I'm just going to repeat it a couple of times. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. And I want you to say it after me now. So I say, say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Okay, one more time. So I say, say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. lives. That's what this series is about. It's ultimately about living a, a life where the Holy Spirit is leading us every step of the way. And the end result of that is a life where the fruit of the Holy Spirit is growing in us and flowing through us in all kinds of ways. And the fruit that I want to talk about this weekend is the fruit of peace. And uh, we need it. So I was thinking about peace, and, and I, I was, speaking of throwback, I was remembering a time in my sophomore year of high school, and uh, in, in my high school days, I was into freestyle biking, and I had a massive half pipe in my backyard, a giant wooden half pipe, and it was huge. It was nine feet on the, on the ends, nine feet tall, and uh, 40 feet long with, with 16 feet of width. It was a huge half pipe, at least back in the day, and I lived two blocks from the high school, and so everybody came over to my place uh, to, to skate and to ride bikes uh, practically every day. Well, anyway, there was this one uh, season at the beginning of the school year where there were a couple of guys in my school that had a rivalry with each other, and they just knew that they needed to have a fight and I don't even know what it was about. Who knows what it was even about? Nobody even knows, it hardly even matters. All that they knew is we needed to have a fight, 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 fight. Like you can imagine it, right? Like a group of high schoolers and then everybody leaving the high school and going through the neighborhood to my house. Because, I mean, when you're a sophomore, a junior in high school, you're like, we need a place to have a big fight. I know, Hanson's house. He's got the half pipe. That'll be like a fight cage, you know? And so everyone came over to my house for this fight, this massive fight. And so uh, on the two ends of the half pipe, uh, you know, 30, 40 people are just sitting up there watching, and then another 30 or 40 people on the sides watching. And then these two guys just going for it in the middle, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 minutes of just knocking each other out. It was crazy. Okay, finally, after 13 or 14 minutes, the fight ended. And then another two guys jumped in, like their two buddies jumped in and kept going for it. And after, I don't know, 10 minutes or so, they were done. And then another couple of guys got in the ring. It was craziness, it was craziness. And you know what I was doing? I was taking pictures. Yeah, I was taking pictures. And listen, this is 1989. Like, so there was no cell phones. No, I'm talking about the kind of old school camera where you had to have a roll of film. And I went through three rolls of film taking pictures of every like blow to the face with slobber flying through the air. I mean, I had some good shots, man. And that day, I took the rolls of film down to the drugstore and dropped them off for processing. Two days later, I paid extra for rush. I went back and thumbed through all of those little drawers. Remember, somebody who's younger than 20 is like, I don't even know what you're talking about right now. But, you know, thumbed through, pulled out my envelope, got my pictures, pulled out the best ones, brought them to school, and everybody was gathering around. I mean, this is what it was like before... Yeah, anyway, so you know, showing the pictures to everybody and of course the pictures got confiscated. I end up in the principal's office. I'm in Saturday detention, full on breakfast club, I'm in the works. It was just craziness. And I'm thinking back to this crazy afternoon of literally like bloody noses and black eyes and painful bruises and fighting and going, "What was going on? What was wrong with us?" Why were we doing that to each other? None of us could possibly even remember what it was about. But what it's about is that apart from the work of Jesus Christ in the human life, there is something about us that is just given to damaging and harming one another and causing one another pain and getting some sort of a strange enjoyment from it. And as I think back to those days, you know what I was completely lacking in was the fruit of the Holy Spirit called peace. And you know, I, I'm thinking about that, that was so many years ago in my life and I look back on that and I think, oh, it's kind of embarrassing. I wish I wouldn't have done what I did. I wish I wouldn't have participated in all of that. I wish I would have made some different choices. I wish I wouldn't have been so completely lacking in peace or leading towards peace. And you know what I'm thinking now is I hope that in 25, 30 years in the future, we're not looking back and going, oh man, I wish I would have done things a little differently in 2020. (laughs) I wish I would have uh, actually found ways to contribute to peace rather than taking it away. And so I want to share this message today about peace because I think it's something that all of us actually need and desire. And I think it's something that God desires for us too. In fact, the the scriptures in some of the earliest pages of scriptures, in in Numbers, there's this blessing that God gives to Moses and Moses gives it to Aaron and the priests to always speak over God's people and it's a reflection of what God does desire for us. And the the last line of that blessing is, and may God turn his face towards you and give you Peace. peace. And so it is something God does desire for each one of us. And I wanna wanna encourage you today that there is a way that you can experience more of it, but it will require something of you. Just because these are called fruits of the Holy Spirit doesn't mean that we set autopilot and hope that they just happen by themselves. In fact, we've, we've already determined in this series that they are fruits of the Spirit, but they call for us to cooperate with the leading of the Holy Spirit with our own steps. We we get there in the end of Galatians five that we have to do the keeping in step with the spirit. That's our part, and we have to keep in step with the spirit if we wanna see peace come. And I think we do, I think we need to see peace come. So the word peace, the Old Testament word for it, is a word you've probably heard before, the word shalom, everybody say shalom. Shalom, this word peace in the ancient Hebraic context, the Jewish context, it has a lot of connotations to it. It, it has the essence of, of soundness or fulfillment or settledness and completeness in relationships with others and with God, with a sense of calm because all is well in God's love and care. I mean, it's kind of all of those things in different layers and in different measures and I think some of us, we hear the word peace. Somebody heard I was talking about peace and said, oh man, I can't wait to hear that. I need more of that in my life. And I think probably a lot of us uh, immediately sense our own need for and desire for experiencing more of God's peace. And, and I wanna call you today to an experience of God's peace, but in a way that you are responsible for how you get there. So. There are four kinds of peace that I'm gonna talk to you about today. Four kinds of peace that the scriptures speak about. And the first one is the one that probably is where most of us begin, and that's emotional peace. Emotional peace. The scriptures speak about this in 2 Thessalonians 3.16 where it says, now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. The Lord be with all of you. I love this. I want you to say this verse of scripture out loud with me. Say, may the Lord of peace himself himself give you peace at all times times and in every way. way. (laughs) I love this revelation. There's a revelation even just in this simple verse where it says, may the Lord of peace himself and it's revealing to us that it's part of the very nature and character of God. It's part of the essence of who God is, peace. It, it comes from him, it resides within him, it flows from him, and his desire is for us to have it. This scripture is the Holy Spirit's inspired words through the Apostle Paul, but it is a revelation of what God wants for us. That's why these words show up there. May the Lord of peace himself give you his peace at all times At all times, come on, at all times. times. Not just when you're feeling, not just when you've got that peaceful, easy feeling. (laughs) I know you won't let me down. I'm I'm like all over the 80s tonight for some reason. I don't know, we call it throwback, that's why. It's not just about those moments when you're feeling it. It's at all times. God really has a desire for you and I to grow in an at all times experience of peace. and and think about some moments over the last week that you had. Like think about the ones that you don't wanna share with anybody from church right now. Like the ones where things erupted and things kinda got out of control with this one person or this uh, situation at home. That is a candidate for where the peace of God could come. At all times and in every way, this is what God wants for us. Emotional peace matters to the Lord. He he wants for you and I to be able to live in and experience that aspect of his own character coming into our mind and into our heart and into our emotions. This is his blessing and it's something that I want and it's something that probably all of us are praying for more of. God wants that peace for us. The second kind of peace is circumstantial peace. Circumstantial peace and circumstantial peace is that peace that happens when uh, you know when, when everything's going well and when uh your your job is rocking you just got into the school that you wanted you you just got a raise nothing is broken at your house your spouse is happy with you and oh yeah it's not 2020 anymore right so like a circumstantial peace like all of us crave that we can't necessarily guarantee circumstantial peace for ourselves because Our job isn't going to always be going great. The finances are probably going to be rough sometimes, and it is 2020. But we can seek the Lord of peace himself in every circumstance and shift the atmosphere of the circumstance at the level at which we feel and experience it. Circumstantial peace though is something that I pray for and desire for myself and for you. Psalm 16 verse six kind of gives voice to this where it says, the boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. I have a delightful inheritance. Like that, that creates a picture to me of circumstantial peace. Like everything's kind of lining up in a beautiful way and I love it, I'm happy about it. The third kind of peace is spiritual peace. And spiritual peace is beautiful and absolutely essential for the human spirit to thrive. Spiritual peace is a result of trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ. It it is actually only in trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ that we can actually live in spiritual peace, true spiritual peace. Not just uh, peacefulness, but real peace, knowing that I'm right with God. Knowing I'm right with God is what allows me to be in spiritual peace, but that only comes through my faith in Jesus because he's the only one who's done what I couldn't do, which is to pay the price for my sin so that I could be totally forgiven. I mean, Romans 5.1 puts it like this. It says, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. We have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's because I've put my trust in Jesus that I can wake up each day, take a deep breath, and say, I'm forgiven. I'm loved, I'm right with God, and it's not because I've finally figured out how to be perfect, but it's because I've finally put my trust in the one and only one who is, the Lord Jesus himself. Come on, you can praise him for one minute right now. Praise him for his perfection on your behalf. Praise him for his sacrifice on the cross that allows you to be free, because that is what brings you spiritual peace. At every turn, it is right to just say, God, thank you for what you did for me on the cross. You will never go wrong thanking him for what he's done for you on the cross. It will instantly carry you into the realm of the peace of God. It's spiritual peace that you and I crave and need and need to live in. And then fourthly, there's relational peace. Relational peace. Relational peace is probably the one that we'd, we need more than anything right now. And it's the one I wanna spend uh, most of the rest of this message speaking about because it's the one that I think is, is, is lacking in so many ways in our, in our homes, in some of our marriages, in some of our relationships with our kids if we're parents or with our parents if we're kids and certainly in society at large. That, that aspect of relational peace is something that you and I need to learn to contend for. We need to learn to contend for relational peace rather than settling for strife and chaos and just figuring, oh, that's just the way it goes because we're just sinners. No, we contend for all of the goodness of God to manifest in our lives and in our relationships, including the fruit of the Spirit called peace. We need to have more of the peace of God in our relationships. And sometimes that relational peace is uh, gonna require effort on our part. So this is what it says in Romans 14, 17. It says, therefore, let us make every, come on, you can, therefore, let us make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. Let us make every effort. Let us make every effort to do what leads to Peace. Remember what I said about peace not necessarily coming about by autopilot just because you're a believer? It's actually something that you need to line up with the heart of God in and make choices that correspond to so that you can experience it in the relationships and it will require of you and I some effort. Make every effort to do what leads to peace. When I hear about strife and chaos erupting in a marriage or in a parenting relationship or in a work and business environment, one of the things that I'm aware of is that there's probably somebody who's not signing up for this, not making the effort. And it does require effort. I want us to talk about how we can make the effort because uh, sometimes it's going to be about you and the relationship you have with one other person and the need for peace there. Sometimes it's a relationship with you and the rest of the members of your family. Sometimes it's uh, an issue of of one group versus another group needing to learn how to come together. Sometimes it's a society at large and our need to figure this out. How can we do what we can do to make every, and that's God's word, every effort. Not just, well, I did the bare minimum, I did my little part, but keep on making whatever effort we could to l- do what leads to peace. Jesus said this Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. I want you to just say those words of Jesus Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. One more time Blessed are the peacemakers. For they will be called children of God. Come on, all the way in the back, I want to make sure I hear you loud and clear. Blessed are the peacemakers. peacemakers. That's right. And I want you to just place your hand on your heart right now and just say this about yourself. I'm a peacemaker. peacemaker. Say it again. I'm a peacemaker. Say it one more time. I'm a peacemaker. And because my Jesus said blessed are the peacemakers and I want his blessing, whatever it's gonna be, I want to line up with what he has said and I wanna quit the peace breaking and start the peacemaking. And that's my message today in a nutshell. If you are taking notes, you can write it down. This is my resolve. I have resolved to do this. I'm gonna quit the peace breaking. I'm gonna start the peacemaking. I'm gonna quit the peace breaking. Okay, so let's talk about peace breaking. Because we gotta start there. We gotta, we gotta ask the Lord to help us quit the, the peace breaking because otherwise we'll have nothing but shards to look at in our relationships and in the situations in our lives. This is the scripture. It says, 1 Peter 2, 1, it says, Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and slander of every kind. I'm gonna say it again. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice. I love that word, malice. We don't use it much, but it's a good one. I love that word because it covers a lot of ground. Like there's all kinds of grumpies and nasties that that can cover, right? And uh, when I think about peace breaking, it always includes some kind of malice. And I need to confront the reality in my own self of malice that I'm bringing to the equation malice that I'm allowing to continue to permeate the, the atmosphere and I want to pull it out I want to quit that peace breaking and so I want to share with you five kinds of peace breaking that I need to confront I, I need to confront I need to quit the first one is using humor and sarcasm to put people down yes. using humor and sarcasm to put people down You might get a good laugh, you might get a ha-ha, but it is not necessarily a humor that comes from peace. It's a form of peace breaking. I've I've never come away from a sarcastic put down feeling like, ah, that was peace. Never. But Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. And so I want to get rid of that using humor and sarcasm to put people down. Another would be mind games and manipulation. You might get a big rush out of intimidating and controlling somebody and telling them you know, what you're gonna do, but that is not making peace. And if you've been operating in mind games and manipulation, you need to repent. You need to decide, I'm not doing that to her anymore. I'm not doing that to him anymore. We're not doing that in our home anymore. I'm not doing that with my employees anymore. Mind games and manipulation are not the fruit of peacemakers. So we're quitting the peace breaking so we can start the peacemaking. The third is gossip and slander. Gossip and slander. When you're talking about somebody behind their back where they don't get to give their uh, version of events, where they don't get to speak for their side of the equation, you're not making peace. You're breaking it. When, when you say, oh, I just really need to talk to you. I just really need to, you to be my sounding board right now. And now I need to complain and tear apart and slander and gossip about this person. It's not leading to peace. It isn't the fruit of peace. And we need to repent if we're doing it. <laughs> it got real quiet for a second there. The loud amen sort of stopped. In case you're watching online, that's, that's the reality in person right now. <laughs> Number four, the finger-pointing and name-calling and cut-down posts. Actually, I could have just said posts. (laughs) I mean, aren't we kind of growing tired of it? Like every time we look at social media and it just seems like one post after another, calling this person a name and shouting down this person for how awful they are for that. And it's not peace, and it doesn't reflect the peace of Jesus, and it doesn't reflect the peacemaking that people who follow Jesus are meant to be known by. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's one guy who I, I really respect so much, and I've noticed that uh, over the last couple of months, his posts, all he's posting is pictures of his family and an occasional Bible verse, and that's it. And, and he's a brilliantly intelligent guy and he could blast everybody in the world if he wanted to. But I just notice he's just stepping back completely and saying, in a sense, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make every effort to do what leads to peace. And sometimes it's in what we choose not to say, sometimes it's in what we choose not to post that will evidence that peace more than anything. And then number five, peace faking. Peace faking. Just ignoring the problem. Just pretending there isn't a conflict. Just avoiding it completely and just putting a syrupy, fake plasticine smile on your face as though it was all fine. Gross, right? (laughs) All of these, and we could probably keep going, right? I mean, that's not an exhaustive list. That's just a starter list. But we need to identify any kinds of peace breaking that we're engaged in and we need to repent. Like, truly repent, and just say, God, forgive me for that. It's wrong in your eyes, and it isn't doing anybody any good. Forgive me, God. And then we change our mind about what we're gonna do next time, and we do differently. This is what we can do at any turn. One of my mentors, Larry Wackelmeyer, put it this way. He said, you can either be scissors, or you can be tape. And you've probably heard the expression, don't run with scissors. Well, I'm gonna tell you today, don't be scissors. And here's what I mean. I, I actually happen to have uh, some scissors right here. Would you look at that? Some people are like scissors. And here's what I mean. They come by and they just begin cutting people down to size, cutting them, cutting them, and uh, cutting them. Yeah, cutting them apart. Messing them up, just talking about them behind their back, just hurting them and come along and, and just do damage to people and speak lies about somebody and do someone wrong. And man, and then 2020 comes along and it's more like this. It's like, you said the word mask. Oh, you know, hold on. I can't quite do this with one hand. They're so big. Wow. Yeah. Some people are like scissors. Don't be scissors. I'm serious. You don't want someone being scissors to you. Don't be scissors to somebody. You're like, why do you have those incredibly large scissors, John Hansen? I'll tell you, because we've had a couple of ribbon cuttings ceremonies around here over the years and I save them. Said <laughs> so you could be like scissors or you could be like tape. And some people are like tape kind of soothing the jagged edges. Putting someone back together when they've been cut apart by somebody bringing healing and wholeness where there's been division. I hope that you would be a little bit more like the tape. I hope that you would be the one that comes and helps put people back together. I hope that you would be somebody who helps bring a, a soothing to the jagged edges of the world and society around you. I hope that you would be somebody who would bring people back together and wholeness back into people's lives through your choices to follow the Spirit and to let the Spirit Guide your lives into the ways of peace because somebody, it might be your daughter or your son, somebody, it might be the people you work with, somebody, it might even be your boss, somebody, it might be the kids that are in your classroom, somebody needs you to show up as a peacemaker. And my Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called children of God. Come on and praise him who said, blessed are the peacemakers. I wanna wanna encourage you to to heed this word, Romans 12, verse 18. It says, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. I appreciate the fact that the scriptures acknowledge that sometimes it isn't possible. I mean, it says it, right? If it's possible. And and the the indication there is that there are times and certain relationships where, because somebody else also has free will, It's just not, they're not showing up on their side of the equation, so there's that. But if it is possible, as much as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do you know who everyone includes? Everyone. Everyone includes those Republicans. It includes those Democrats. It includes those mask-wearing people. It includes those you-don't-wear-masks, I-can't-believe-you people. It, I mean, it includes everyone. And, and my God is calling you and me to be the kind of people that would say, that's my priority. My, my priority is peacemaking above and beyond my preference living. This, this is something that you and I need to come to terms with, and we're going to have ample opportunity over the next five weeks to live this out and I just hope you, you will. You know what I'm talking about. We have five weeks, just shy of 40 days until the election is complete, and, and, and then we might still have more opportunity for deciding whether we're gonna be peacemakers. And I'm praying that we will. Let me just urge you to take the words of Jesus to heart for a moment. In Matthew 18, I'm not gonna read all of it because I want you to take some time to read it in detail later, but Jesus, encouraged those of us that would want to be peacemakers to, in essence, be willing to go and deal with whatever the issue is with a person that we might have an issue with. This is something that I hope that we would do. There are three simple kinds of segments to the peacemaking that Jesus talked about in Matthew 18, 15, but but here's here's where it begins. First of all, get your heart ready. If you want to be a peacemaker, you need to get your own heart ready. And the way you get your heart ready is you say, God, I lay down my right to be right. Because if I'm gonna be a peacemaker, that's gonna be the first thing to go. And it needs to be. I mean, if I'm truly choosing to be a peacemaker, I need to lay down my right to be right. I get my heart ready by saying, God, I lay down my right to be right. And God, help me to be ready to get blasted, because they may blast me for what I did or for what happened, and maybe it would be even well deserved. And God help me to be ready to own my part completely. This is still part one, get your own heart ready. God help me to own my part completely. But is thrown out, no but. So, so first, you get your heart ready, and then go to the person. At some point, you gotta just go to that spouse that you mistreated. You have gotta go to that mom or dad that you really, totally dissed. You've gotta go to that child who is still hurting because of the way that happened. You gotta go to that person. This is, again, this is Jesus. His idea of what it should look like. You go back and read Matthew 18, 15, 16. Go to the person with a humble heart, with a desire to see peace come, and then, only then, get other people involved only if it didn't work going to the person individually. This is what we need to grow at doing. We need to grow at being peacemakers who sow in peace so that we can then reap a harvest of righteousness. I recently had a, a, a kind of a tension that was going on underneath the surface with somebody and I was making up stories in my head based on uh, my own interpretation of some events. And so finally the time came and I, I don't like conflict. I have to psych myself up to say, I'm gonna, ha- I'm gonna mention this thing, I'd rather not, but I'm gonna do it because peace is better than indifference or silence. And so, in this moment, I said, I have to have 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 a little bit of a rumble with you right now. That's like some Brene Brown language, right? I gotta rumble for a minute, and then I said some more Brene Brown words. It helps to have some tools, right? I said, the story I'm telling myself is that you don't respect me, and that because you don't, that's why this thing happened. And I'm just leaving the details out, right? (laughs) And I said, that's the story I'm telling myself. Can, can you respond to that? Is that what is that story resonate? And this person said, no, that's not the story at all. I, I do really respect you, and it's actually because I respect you that I didn't wanna you know bring this issue up with you. I didn't want to violate your priorities, and I wanted to respect you by honoring your boundaries. And I was like, oh, that's really weird, because I was telling myself this totally other story. And all of a sudden, with a little bit of coming together and talking through it, peace was able to return. And I think that that's probably the kind of thing that needs to begin to happen more and more in our own families, in our own relationships with colleagues and coworkers, in our w- city and in our country at large. We need this. We need this. Over the next 40 days, we need this. I'm praying that you and I would be people who live out Ephesians 4:3, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Make every effort. I want you to just say, I'm going to make every effort. Make every effort. To, quit to quit the peace breaking. And start the peace making. Start the peace making. Romans 5:1. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I wanna just pray for you. I mean, for some of us, uh, we could almost rattle a verse like that off from memory, but for others of us, it's new. Just hearing this kind of an idea is new for us, but I wanna make sure you hear it loud and clear. We have an opportunity to have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Every one of us who's a who's a Christian, who's a believer, we want for as many other people as possible to know Jesus so that everyone can have that same peace that we have. The peace of knowing I'm forgiven. I have the hope of heaven. I'm living in the kingdom of God reality with his power and love here and now. I've got people that I'm knit together with as a a community that I am doing life with and I'm empowered by God's grace at every turn. This is what you and me are made for. And this through faith in Christ reality is something that uh, you, you need to respond to if you haven't. And so I'm speaking to you if you are just trying to figure this life of faith thing out. Maybe you're, uh, you're tracking with us online and you've been listening to a few messages or this might even be your first time uh, listening, but I want you to know that you can be right with God through faith in Jesus Christ. And if you're here in person, you can be right with God through faith in Jesus Christ. But there's gotta be a moment where once and for all, you say, Jesus, would you forgive me? I mean, that's what that faith in Jesus Christ is all about. Acknowledging, I need Jesus to forgive me. I can't fix myself. I need to be forgiven. When we ask for it, he's glad to give it. And then we receive it and we're changed by it. And then we are continually being changed by him. So I want you to pray with me for a moment. Let's ask him to do some spiritual awakening among us. So Lord, we pray in this moment that you would do some spiritual awakening among us uh, in in person on campus and in person online. God, in this very moment, would you do some spiritual awakening? Allow some of us who wonder where we stand with God to have a, a courage in this moment to finally, once and for all, cry out and ask Jesus Christ for forgiveness and mercy. And while we're all praying together, if you are with me in this moment and you're thinking, I wish I could be right with God. I just don't know what to do. Here's what you do. In this moment, you finally say yes to Jesus. In this moment, you finally say, Jesus, yes, I'm asking you to forgive me and save me. And you turn from your sin and you surrender the guilt and shame of your old life and you ask Jesus Christ to forgive you and save you. And he will In fact, he's already given his life through his death on the cross as a demonstration of his entirely full commitment to save you. He's already done what needs to be done. And what you need to do is simply put your trust in him and so right now if you are with me online or on campus and you would say I need that I need to give my life to Jesus I need to ask Jesus Christ to forgive me and to save me I don't want to be on the outs with God I want to know that I'm right with God I want to know that my sins are forgiven I want to know that I have the hope of heaven I want to live in this new reality of the kingdom of God if that's you if you would say I need to ask Jesus to forgive me and save me right now I want you to raise your hand raise it high right now and raise it so I can see you and keep it up for a moment or type into the comments I'm asking Jesus to save me just type that in or click that button and let someone know right now that you're asking Jesus to forgive you and save you and leave your hand up so that I can connect with you or type it into the comments so that we can make sure to connect with you and then pray in this moment and pray with me and say Jesus Christ I give my life to you I put my trust in you Jesus would you forgive me Just say it to him, Jesus, would you forgive me and save me? Jesus, would you be the Lord of my life from this moment on? I turn from my sin and I repent of it now. And Jesus, I'm asking for your mercy covering in my life. Jesus, I'm yours and I'm thankful for this new life and this second chance. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. And all of God's people together we say, amen. Okay, now we want to keep on praying. You know what, this, this day in Washington DC, hundreds of thousands of people gathered together on the National Mall to pray, to just seek God together, to just cry out for our nation together. And we wanna do the same thing right here and right now. And we wanna take some time to cry out to God together. So I want you to stand to your feet and we're gonna cry out to God together. And when I say cry out to God together, I mean all of us not just me but all of us I want us to take some time to say God would you touch our nation would you bring your healing to our nation so let's take some time a few minutes at least to stand in God's presence together right now and cry out so on the count of three everybody you just begin to say God heal our nation one two three God would you come touch our nation and bring your healing would you bring your touch to the United States of America God Would you pour out your covering of grace and forgiveness over the United States of America, Lord? God, would you pour out your blessing on our country? God, would you pour out your blessing on our leaders, God? We ask that you would pour out your grace covering on our President and Vice President, on our Congressional leaders, on our Senate leaders, God, on our Supreme Court. God, we're asking for your covering over the United States of America. We ask, God, for your forgiveness for every way in which we as a nation have missed your ways. God, we ask for your forgiveness for every way in which we've embraced wickedness. God, we ask for your forgiveness for every way in which we've ignored you. God, we ask your forgiveness for every way in which we've permitted laws to be established which are an affront to your just righteousness. God, we ask for your covering and forgiveness in Jesus' name. We plead the blood of Jesus over the United States of America. We plead the blood of Jesus over our state, California. We plead the blood of Jesus over our society for the peace of the Prince of Peace to come. We ask, Lord, for your touch on our state. God, we ask for your touch on Riverside County and on our local city government God we're asking for your mercy covering and we take our stand together God against COVID-19 coronavirus and we ask that it be shut down in the mighty name of Jesus no more spread of this virus in Jesus name no more contagion in Jesus name no more dramatic deaths and hospitalizations in Jesus name We take authority against this virus, and we declare the victory of Jesus Christ over and against it. And we pray for sudden miraculous healing for any person who's sick with it. In Jesus' name, that your healing would come. We pray for protection over all of our physical bodies, that through the blood of Jesus, we will be shielded and defended from the virus. In Jesus' name. And we pray, God, for your peace to come in our city, in our country, in our state. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.